0: How are you doing today, John? Uh, it is just me and you. Brian is uh, still missing. Uh, we we got to do the milk <laughs> carton, yeah. see if we can find him. Uh, <laughs> no, all jokes aside, though, it's just uh, me and you today. And you had a great idea for a topic. Uh, so why don't you just tell the great listeners what, what we were talking about
1: today? Well, uh, we kind of came up, I won't say it was all my idea. I think you had a, a good hand in this. But uh, when leadership and discipleship collide. So we talk a little bit about what it means to be a disciple. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, And what that means for us as leaders and as followers. As usual, we went down some rabbit holes and kind of got to the topic in a roundabout way, but I think it was a a fun and interesting discussion. And uh, as usual, I definitely learned something uh, talking to you about it. So I'm excited for our listeners to check it out and let us know what they think.
0: Yeah. I, I guess with that that's uh you know, a great place to just lead them in and let them go ahead and listen to the show. Sounds good. What's going on, John? How you doing today?
1: Uh, not too bad. had a little bit of a late night last night between some, some work stuff and a crying baby, but uh, otherwise feeling good. I got my coffee and I'm ready to talk leadership.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... The, yeah, how are you? At, at least for me, you know, when you work in tech, those late nights always happen. Mm-hmm. I remember about five years ago, um, I got a call like at 1130 at night that a server had died. And so here I am in downtown D.C. Uh, taking apart a server mm-hmm. and all its pieces and putting a CPU in the middle of a server and just having it ready to go by nine o'clock in the morning the next morning. So
1: no pressure. Right?
0: I, I I feel you on that. I've had those those <laughs> nights for sure. Um, luckily, you know, I'm going to find a piece of wood here, you know, knocking on this wood, this desk I got here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had one of those in a while, but uh, they do tend to come.
1: My desk is uh, my desk is made of glass, so I keep a piece of wood sitting here for just that purpose.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice! so you're not superstitious at all, are
1: you? Just a little stitious, as Michael Scott would say.
0: <laughs> Just a little stitches. <laughs> yeah, I love a little old oh, Michael S- Scott venom. Um, um, you know, Michael Scott, interesting enough, he's, uh, and uh, I digress here about what we're going to go off on the topic here, but. I always use him as an example when I, when I go for leadership about things that you shouldn't do because you can almost <laughs> always grab a clip from that show uh-huh. and you're like, oh yeah, you definitely shouldn't do X as a leader, and then you can literally pull up a Michael right. Michael Scott clip, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that throughout the show there uh, there are these like moments of clarity that he seems to have where it's like, hey, this guy actually is managing the team or actually does have a you know. a coherent thought. But anyway, I could talk about the office all day, that you're right. It's a it's a good example of um yeah, a lot of times what not to do or how not to act. But I think that's most shows. It's like they take they take a normal scenario or a normal person and just amplify them to the nth degree. So we've probably already we've probably all had like a Michael Scottish sort sort of leader. Um <laughs> but not to the degree depicted in that show. So it's it's always a funny conversation. Um working in government for so long we i've compared a lot of um co-workers to people from the the show veep i don't know if anybody's familiar with that but it's the same thing like nobody um, yeah nobody, I, I
0: started a, that one and i didn't yeah, yeah it's pretty good nobody's that ridiculous that yet,
1: but. but um there you just see like <laughs> I, I tiny little Oh, well, hopefully nobody you're working with quite as ridiculous as that show but uh you see like the little character uh, things that a good writer can just amplify <laughs> and make into a hilarious show so Anyway, we digress. So I worked okay. in
0: restaurants for a number of years, and it, I definitely worked worked with some characters. Yes. <laughs> I'm not, not going to say any names, but yeah, I can imagine. Um, you know, uh, one of the crazy things I remember, I was a like a brand new like lead line cook, which is like basically kind of like being a shift manager or mm-hmm. something like that, right? And we used to like make these cakes with brownies, and and one of the ingredients that goes on it is was Meyer's Dark Rum, right? Mm-hmm. You'd pour the mark Dark rum, and you'd measure out like a quarter of a cup or something. I don't even remember, man. But I turn around the corner of my eye, and all I see is a bottle straight up like this of Meyer's dark <laughs> rum, and a guy, you know, who's supposed to be making the cake with his lips just all around it, and it's <laughs> just swigging it straight down. And all. Uh, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> oh, man, that's funny.
0: <laughs> he's like, what, one for the cake, one for me? I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. But, that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, you know, but that's you know that's uh, kind of what happens in that industry. It's um, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: some some stuff is it's definitely interesting, but I digress. So
1: <laughs> there are characters everywhere we go, huh? <laughs> um for sure for sure so that'll be a fun intro that we can probably just totally delete and not subject our listeners to but uh no (laughs) i'm kidding um actually we'll
0: just use it as a soundbite clip yeah we'll we'll pull it out but today it's just uh me and john again uh brian is off doing some running around but we'll have him again on the next Mm -hmm. one so uh John had an idea for topic here. So what, what's your idea for topic? It's definitely not Michael Scott and, and the crazy things people do at work.
1: <laughs> Although maybe that could tie back in. We'll see where the conversation goes. Uh, we, we had this idea of the, uh, the difference between leadership and discipleship, um, and specifically the phrase, you know, when leadership and discipleship collide. Um, and I'm not sure that will you know, perfectly hit this, this topic. Um, because leadership and discipleship are are very different things in a lot of ways, um, and discipleship is a little bit like followership, um, I guess. So I, I thought that first I'd start with with the definition of of a disciple, um, and you know the caveat being that a lot of this word is used in a religious context, and that's not exactly what we're talking about here. Um, so Merriam-Webster defines disciple as one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another um such as christianity which would be the religious context Um, but the other portion of that definition being a convinced adherent of a school or an individual um, and definition or the uh, example given is you know a a discipline of of freud the psychologist Um, and then if you take that a little bit of a step further you know an adherent which is you know not to insult anybody's intelligence but a believer or an advocate uh especially of a particular idea Um, or a follower of a leader party or profession so uh, again they use the example of freud's adherence or adherence of christianity or adherence of socialism whatnot so i thought what was interesting about this conversation um or this this topic is you know the you can we and we talked about this a little bit i think on our last podcast um that you and i recorded together but you know can you have too many followers or or followers that are too devoted, right? And when does that cause friction and and issues in the organization? So, um, you know, I think about a lot of popular leadership authors that we've talked about on this podcast that I read and and enjoy. Um, You know, we talked about John Maxwell, Stephen Covey, Simon Sinek, you know, these popular ones, Um, excuse me, but you know, when do you, when do you kind of cross that threshold almost dangerously into the terms of like, oh, I'm a disciple of Simon Sinek. I don't want anybody to think I'm a disciple of Simon Sinek. He could write a terrible book next and be like, oh, that was awful. None of that makes any sense. Um, you know, people people we follow are human and they can make mistakes. We know that because we make mistakes ourselves. Um, so anyway, that, that's kind of where I wanted to kick this off. You know, when is it, when is it wrong to be a disciple? Um, when does having disciples cause friction or problems in your organization? Do you want disciples as a leader? Um, or do you want, you know, skeptic followers perhaps or, um, or something else? So I don't know. That's, that's where I thought we could start.
0: That's, that's a mouthful there. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) As I'm known for a lot of thought in there. Uh, so, and I know Brian and I had touched on this before about a different episode when we talked about kind of mentorship and, um, we were talking about how people can, have an impact on you, even if you don't know them. Uh, so like, I, I know for me, like Jocko Willink, his, his books and his podcast had a big impact on me a few years ago. Um, I don't, I don't consume as much of his content as I used to in the past. I just can't do a four hour podcast episode every week. <laughs> um, great content, but you know, I just, I just can't keep up. Um, but just like you said, it's like once once you go beyond that followership and you start hitting that, that Disciple level, right? And and just you know, like you said, make that caveat that we're not talking about religion here. Um, it's it's are you following somebody blindly? I, I think from an organizational level, it's kind of better to have followers instead of disciples, right? Because I want people second guessing decisions that I'm making, right? Um, it, it's good to have that outside view or the other view of like, hey, maybe what we're doing is wrong. Uh, throw that idea out there, right? challenge it because if we we, we've all probably been in a situation where we're following some leader everybody knows that the direction that this project or or whatever is going it's going the wrong direction but nobody wants to say anything because everybody's uh you know on board part of the team uh doesn't want to uh you know bring up anything or cause any friction or or challenge any any statements and it's not that when we bring up people when we challenge ideas we're not challenging them as individuals and uh, you know there are ways to do it gracefully right and, and there's ways to do it not so gracefully uh, so so what are your thoughts on that though
1: yeah i think uh, i would agree i want i want folks that are gonna you know in in the right ways in the right context challenge decisions that are being made or or points of view that are being offered um especially in a collaborative type environment i think um you know this this disciple word. we really set ourselves up for a doozy here because it's, it's not always in a negative context either so it's um i don't want to frame it entirely um so i think what what i was thinking about when you were talking just now is you know are you the type of leader who's seeking disciples um or are you building leaders and that to me could be the differentiation um now that that isn't to say that a a quote-unquote disciple to use it in the more positive context is somebody in my mind that take maybe takes your ideas takes what they've been taught at an organization or or in a school or something like that and then and then almost evangelizes that to use another you know pseudo religious term um, but and 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 carries that on and maybe takes it further right so in that context maybe building quote-unquote disciples is can be a good thing um, but if you think you're the next greatest thing and and everybody's going to listen to what I say and i've i've unleashed and I've, I've cracked the leadership code and i know exactly how everything should work um just follow me and listen and do what i say um if you're looking for those kind of disciples folks that just follow you blindly um you're gonna end up in a really bad spot because you're gonna get to a point where you don't know what you're gonna what you're doing um and then you're just gonna be faking it till you make it um i think an example of this uh that's uh relevant in the news right now is uh elizabeth holm from uh the theranos company um it seems like, and I obviously never worked there. Um, but it seems like from what I've read and seen, uh, which is a great book, uh, there was a great book written about her called bad blood. I believe, um, she was just seeking blind followers, disciples. do disciples, excuse disciple her. I just made a board. Great. Um, you know, people who would just kind of blindly do what she says, says, believe that the technology worked without looking inside. Um, you know, and that's, that's actually a great metaphor. You know, this, machine she built was basically this black box that you put a blood sample in and it's supposed to give you all these magical (laughs) results, right? And really the technology didn't work. Um, So uh, are you the type of leader who wants people to look inside the black box, tinker with it, help you figure it out, make it better? Uh, Do you expect people to just trust me, it works, go do your job? Um, I want to be the the former, (laughs) not the latter. And I think that's the most effective way to lead.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a great um, example that you brought up. A one that's timely, right? That that's going through um, the courts right now in the United States. For anyone who's not familiar with it, basically, um, you know they're they're looking at they were uh, scamming investors, right? That they uh, had a product that didn't work, but um, <laughs> you know it's that that's probably we could do a whole episode just on that. In general, Um, and some of the emails and communications that are coming out back and uh, forth—that's a great thing with with court cases, right? Discovery comes out and it gets made public, and and you get to see instances of. how people can be deceived, right? And and how leadership can affect things negatively too. And that's probably, a, like you said, a great example of where leadership negatively impacts the organization, where everyone else, you know, who's not at the very top, doesn't know what's going on, thinks everything's great, right? You know, here we are, we got lots of VC money, uh, the media's talking about us. Um, she was what, on Time Magazine or something like that? She was on the cover of Forbes. Like, so so you're thinking, as, as a follower in this organization, Um, or if you're a disciple inside of there, you're like, Hey, this is great. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're on the path, we're on this rocket ship and, you know, maybe we'll be the next Tesla or, or, or some huge tech firm that's going to be worth billions of dollars and come to find out one leak and and a bunch of emails later, uh, it's completely going the wrong direction. So I, I think it's always worth like you, you brought up a lot of stuff and, and, what I think I've always do is being humble, right, and understanding that the people that you're following uh, are still human, right? We all make mistakes. Where nobody's perfect. Um, I know I've done stuff in my career that you know that's that hasn't been great, and I'm sure you have too. Um, it, we're human. We make mistakes, and I think being humble and realizing that can can take it a long way uh, to the point where you can look at stuff um, from, from a different lens.
1: Yeah, no, I I wholeheartedly agree. And, um, you know, one of the, I wrote down kind of another question while you were talking there, which is, you know, which is, which seems to be kind of the road we're going down or at least one possible path we can take, which is, um, you know, on this show, we talk about leadership, how to lead all the time. Um, But are you being a good follower and are you making sure you're not just being a blind follower to the, the people above you in the organization or um you know the, the folks that you feel might influence you whether it's an author or a politician or a religious individual whatever you know whoever you seek guidance from in your life could be family uh, or a close friend um are you just taking things at face value or, or are you willing to dig a little bit and make sure hey what, what's really going on here um i think when you look at a lot of the scandals you see um that make the news you know theranos like we were just talking about um you know Bernie Madoff thing, uh, Enron, all these, all these major, you know, scandals that we all know about. Um, after the fact, you always hear people say, well, it never seemed quite right. You know, I just don't, I don't know. Something was off, but I didn't really say anything or I didn't want to get fired or, or, you know, everybody else seemed to have confidence in it. So, you know, I, I can't be the, the only smart one that figured it out. Right. So, um, so learning to kind of build that inner skeptic, not the inner cynic, but the inner skeptic, Um, be willing to ask the right questions um, and to really understand something uh, before maybe going fully into it, Um, which, again, using this word disciple, we're not talking about one's faith or anything like that. There's a whole leap of faith conversation that that I'll leave to the religious scholars. But in a a business context, are you you really talking um, or, or are you understanding what's being asked of you and and really looking at is, is this the right kind of organization I want to be in? Is this the kind of leader that I want to follow? Uh, Or am I just being a quote-unquote, you know, blind disciple? Um, Because that can get into some trouble. And we've seen instances of that in um, military history. You know, we talk about like the melee massacre or something like that. Uh, There's there's just uh, example after example um, of how this stuff can go badly uh, if you're not being just a little bit skeptical. Um, And then as a leader are you making sure that you're empowering those people below you to be good followers you can't just have blind disciples underneath you um but it in in many ways requires a good leader to have good followers um, so are you building an environment where that's possible i know that was another mouthful um, but just stream of consciousness here today um yeah.
0: so I, I was saying you know that's the great uh, uh, the great thing about podcasting right we don't have to fill a thought in 90 seconds and you see that with news too, right? In the media is that they can cut, you know, things to be sound any way they want. But the great thing with podcasting is if you want to talk for 58 minutes about one thing, you can, right? Whether people want to listen or not, it's another story. But you you get all that platform you want to uh, express your thoughts
1: and ideas. Fucking people are probably just turning it off. Like, there goes that guy again running his mouth. it. <laughs>
0: <that's okay.
1: laughs>
0: Yeah, so you brought um, a, a, a great thing up about questioning, right, about what's going on in in My Lai um, and the milai Massacre. And for those who aren't familiar, you know, that was a,
1: was it an army unit? I believe I think, so, right? yeah, I'm not a, not an expert on the topic. It was just one that came to mind. But yeah, I believe it was an army unit. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: it was a United States Army unit in Vietnam who basically, um, you know, murdered a village of, of people. Um, and, you know, the uh, commander thought he was doing the right thing and everyone was just misguided. Uh, but but that's a great example, like like you said right there, of, of, you know, following too much, right? Buying in too much and not questioning what you're doing and thinking like, hey, is, is this the right thing to do? And I know even uh, people get put in situations like that, maybe not as extreme, right? Uh, where you might be asked to do something as, as a a subordinate that might be questionable right and and that's your chance to uh you know stop and think about what you're being asked to do and and who you're following if if that's what you should be doing um i know a lot of our listeners are are in the technology space too and uh, so being an it administrator or something you could have someone come to you and ask you to access people's email um you have keys to the kingdom but that doesn't mean you should do that right when people ask for things you should always stop for a minute and think about what you're being asked to do, especially if we're teeter-tottering on those gray areas where you, what you're doing could potentially be illegal. Uh, I'm going to say right now, if it's illegal, just don't do it, right? And I'm sure you would say that from from your communications perspective, right? If anyone asks you to do anything that's illegal, do not do it. Doesn't doesn't matter about your job,
1: right? No, I agree. I think that um, something I always say to my team, uh, you know, if there is this kind of line between – you know, there's a time and a place for challenging or having questions or follow-ups. And sometimes, you know, if you're in a, like a crisis comms situation, for instance, hey, we got to get a message out quickly um, to our, our customers or whomever it might be or the general public. Um, there's not always time to ask a million questions. Sometimes you need to trust that the people in your organization or above you in the organization or that are given direction are are in those positions for a reason. They might have information that you don't have um, and they need you to do, a thing whatever that is um and right now we don't have time to explain it or maybe not as in much of detail as we'd like um so we just need you to do it and what i tell my team is that look i i love feedback i love i love you to push back and ask questions and all that stuff but sometimes there's going to there are going to be times where i'm going to have to say i need you to do this thing um as long as it's not illegal unethical or or you know immoral which morality and ethics as a is a whole conversation whether it's personally a problem for me or an organizational ethic, et cetera. But um, if it doesn't, you know, if it's, if it's especially not illegal or or unethical, um, I expect you to do it. Um, And then we can talk about it later. I can explain the decision. Those situations are are pretty rare. Um, And, you know, I I can maybe count on one hand, the time in my life, times in my life where as as a leader, I've really had to sit the team down and say, I don't have time to explain. I need you to do this right now. Go, Um, we'll talk about it later. Um, and what's important about that is, you know, one of the pillars I always talk about, you know, building trust. Are you building, have you built enough trust? Have you built enough leadership capital, uh, with your team so that, you know, to bring it back to our initial topic, those times where you kind of need those blind disciples, um, have you built enough trust that, uh, that they're going to do that for you when it's necessary. Um, and I think part of that is after the situation like that has concluded, you kind of huddle back up, you do an after action Here's what happened. Here's why I needed you all to act so quickly. Um, there were probably better ways to do that. Had we, you know, whatever that was, had we had time to pull the team and bring everybody together and, and ideate. Um, let's talk about what those might've been now so that if this ever happens again, we can just act on those things and build them into our SOPs. So um, a little bit off from where we started on that conversation there, I think, but, um, there is a time where you need people to just follow. Um, but it's it's incumbent on you as a leader to build the trust um, so that that'll happen when it needs to and to not abuse that trust once you've built it.
0: I think trust is the key word there, right? You, you've got to build up that leadership capital um, over time to be able to, to ask for things like that, right? Um, and when people get to know you and know your request, they can kind of tell when... Um, you know, something doesn't seem right. Right. Uh, but like you said, it's like anything else. You, you've got a certain amount of leadership capital um, that, that, that you can burn. And, and uh, you know, if you're always burning it, it, it can leave you in a tight spot when you actually need something done, done for real.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, I, I agree with everything you said right there.
1: More times than not, you want people following you because they to not because they have to. Um, you know, another thing that I used to kind of say jokingly to, to some of my Marines back in the day is like, look, I, I believe it's a lot easier to ask somebody to do something than it is to tell them. Um just understand that I reserve the right to tell you. Um <laughs> this was always kind of the joke. Um and it, it rarely came to that. It, it was more kind of like a like a funny thing I would say. But as a leader sometimes you do need to remember I do have positional authority here. Um and there are times where I need to exercise it. Again, you really want to work very hard to, to build the trust and relationships with folks that and, and an environment overall that that people are doing what you ask them to do and um and they're asking the right questions. Well, hey, I don't understand why we would do this, when we could do that, or can you explain to me your thought process behind this? Um and A, if you can't explain it very well, then you probably haven't thought it through yourself. Um and B, if they're constantly questioning, um in a challenging way, in the you know a negative way, um maybe you need to do some some counseling with those employees and say, listen, there's, there's a time and a place for that kind of challenging and the staff meeting in front of 20 other people, isn't it? Um, But you're always welcome to come to me. So there's a lot of coaching moments and it's not an easy thing, I guess is what I'm getting at. And why I'm rambling about it is that, you know, there's, there's this constant tension between, you know, I want to be an inclusive leader that lets people give their ideas and we actually have to get stuff done. Um, And, you know, One of the big lessons I learned, I think I talked about this maybe on the very first time I was ever on the podcast was um, you have to trust or at least um, assume that other people in the organization know some things that you don't, um, especially if they're higher than you in the organization. So um, the example I think I gave, excuse me, before was, you know, you're a young Lance Corporal or private first class, whatever, and a, a sergeant or a lieutenant or a captain walks in and says, you know, I need you to go do this. Yeah, we're all going to walk up, you know, a a platoon of uh, Lance corporals, the Marine Corps. One of the things we're best at in the world is complaining, right? So we're going to complain about the whole thing we're doing, the whole time we're doing. it. This is dumb. I would do it this way if I were the captain, if I were the CEO, blah, blah, blah. Um, Because, you know, we're all, of course, geniuses. Uh, But the the idea being that once you pick up a little bit of rank, maybe you are that sergeant or you're that staff sergeant coming in a given direction. Um, It might be the exact same command or task that you used to complain about till you were blue in the face while you were asked to do it. And then, Oh, now I'm a sergeant. Oh, I, I understand why we do it this way because you know, there are three or four things between, you know, flash and bang that need to happen um, that make this an important task, even if it's miserable or seems stupid to the person that's doing it. Um, And I'll shut up in a second, but, but to bring that full circle, those are those types of activities where it's useful to say, you know in the example i'm giving okay marines i know you hated that thing i asked you to do yesterday i know it seemed really stupid from your perspective i didn't have time to explain it then thank you for doing it here's why that's important um here here are the steps that you should understand or or the parts of this process that you're not privy to on a day-to-day basis that make what you did important so tying people back to the mission or the end task Um, even if you don't have time to do it up front. So again, as usual, that was a mouthful. Um, So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that that tension. I think that's what I was really trying to get at.
0: Yeah, no, and I get what you're saying. And um, this reminds me, I think Simon Sinek says that, um, and and I could be misremembering this, um, but I believe he said that the best books on leadership are always parenting books. uh, And some of that's just because there's there's a dichotomy at play there when when you're a parent, right? Uh, there's the things where, you, where you're asking your child to do something, but you're expecting them to do it, right? Um, so there is that balance there. And I believe it was him. It could have been Stephen Covey or somebody, but I, I seem to remember it was Simon Sinek. And you know, as a parent myself, and I have a six-year-old now so i have one that's big enough to start questioning things that i'm asking him to do uh i can totally believe that right that some of the things that i've learned in leadership i've had to use just from a parenting perspective uh and some things i've learned in parenting i've i've used in a leadership perspective so it's 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 been a humbling experience to say for sure. And, and a learning experience. And one, one you'll get to, I'm sure once your uh, little one starts having some, some opinions and some ideas, and uh, maybe you'll see that correlation too when that time comes.
1: Yeah. Three months, she just discovered that she has feet. So we're not quite at the, uh, the opinions and, uh, <laughs> but she's mesmerized by them. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, but no, that's a good point. I don't, I don't recall if it was cynic or not who made that, uh, made that observation. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't the first or the last either. But um, but I, I like to think of, you know, parenting uh, or even just working with kids in general. Um, you know, being at, being good at one makes you better at the other. So being a good leader, I think, makes you a better parent. Being a, a good parent or, or, you know, we all try to be good parents, but struggling through the, the challenge of parenthood uh, probably makes you a little bit of a better leader as well. Um, but you're right. You want people again, just, just like your team, you want your kids to do things because they want to do them, um, because there's a challenge there. They're achieving something. Um, something my mom actually said, believe it or not, that, uh, speaking of parenting and and good advice, good leadership, uh, she views, um, parenting as a constant letting go. And I was like, it's a really interesting observation because we, um, we can fall into the trap as leaders or as parents of trying to micromanage every little thing, you know, making sure our kid never gets hurt or that they always have exactly what they need or that they, you know, that they never cry or they never fall down and hurt their knee or whatever. Um, but if you're doing that, are they really growing? Are they really developing? Um, so giving, giving people kind of just that enough freedom to, to be a little bit dangerous to maybe, maybe I'll give my kid enough freedom to fall down and, and skin her knee when, when she starts running around, but uh, I'm not going to hand her the keys to the truck when she's five years old, right? So there's there's that, again, Are letting go just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more as trust and competence builds. Um, I think that's a great uh, comparison between parenting and, and leadership in general. Um, I just hired a few new employees this year, and uh, they're great. I hired them for their potential and, and for what they can do, and they're going to be an awesome fit for the organization. But they have a lot to learn. Um, they haven't worked at this agency where I am for for as long as the rest of the team and not as long as I have, and, and that's okay, and I expect that. So right now I'm you know, kind of in some ways treating them like, like the toddler Um you know, I hate to use that analogy. I'm talking about grown adults. I don't, I don't baby talk anybody. Or, or well, that's better than donkeys, right? Than, yeah, that's that what we went know. with last time, right? <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna need like an encyclopedia of what John really meant to say was. Uh, but you know, <laughs> as far as a, you know, the, the correlation, right? The adult level, um, employee level, toddler, where you know, I'm, we're, we're teaching you to tie your shoes right now. Okay, um, we're, we're getting you out of those Velcro <laughs> uh, flipovers where. Um, all right, now you know how to tie the shoes, and, and pretty soon we're going to let you. We're going to let you run free, and um, you know, a year, a year from now I might hand you the keys of the truck, right? Um, you yeah, know, maybe you'll be you'll be driving this whole program on your own, and that'd be great. Um, but for now, you got to let them. What we say in the military is like crawl, walk, run, to keep with the the child metaphor. Um, otherwise, they they could get themselves in trouble or get the organization in trouble, and, and that's not what you want. You don't want to damage somebody's. Um, you know, confidence, Hey, new employee, take on this huge thing, go ahead and then watch them fail. Um, but you might want to give them the opportunity to fail a little bit. There's some learning opportunities and you have to metaphorically fall down and skin their knee. You put a bandaid on it and keep going, right? It's, it's a learning experience. So I don't put band-aids on any of my employees, but I think you get the metaphor. (laughs)
0: Oh, one had some frozen band-aids or something. <laughs> I always have those around in my house. Um, nice. Yeah. You, you'll hit that point, John, where you're, where you're going to watch a bunch of Disney movies.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I'm already there. My wife know loves them. the lines
0: to them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you're just going to know them even more.
1: Um, so
0: yeah, all, all great insights. Again, um, there's just a lot to unpack there. I feel, I feel like you, you brought up a good point too. And I know we're going to talk about talent in the later one. Um, But it's about cultivating your your employees, right? Letting them come from just being straight followers or, you know, disciples, what we talked about, to letting them step up and take on responsibility to actually let them kind of replace you, right? If you're not training somebody to take over your job, uh, I feel like you're kind of failing um, your organization as a leader, right? You should always kind of have a succession plan in place or some type of idea and start yeah, growing people to be better than than you are to take over for you, um, just like somebody above you should probably be doing the same thing too. And I, I just literally just thinking about that when you were talking, I was like, that's you know that's right along the lines of what what we have for another topic. But I think it's a, a great thing to bring up just even in this context that that we're talking about. Sometimes you got to let your followers be the leaders son, not the whole not the whole thing. Everything's going on, but maybe let them lead a project right. Um, and you sit back and let them make decisions and like you said let them let let go right you gotta let go at some point too right let let go and let them uh, let them fail at certain things if if you know they might fail you know you're not gonna let them you know burn you know two million dollars on a budget but you might make let them make a couple thousand dollar mistake um, so that they can learn it right and just like you know you and i do this thing brazilian jiu-jitsu and you know the, how often do you have to get submitted before you learn that you shouldn't put your arm here or you what you're like there for me it's a bunch of times it's like i've literally got to make the mistake a bunch of times you know <laughs> so it's all, all all great stuff you brought up in your uh, statements there
1: i think anybody who's uh rolled jiu jitsu with me has heard me say under my breath well that was dumb about 3 seconds before i get <laughs> tapped out or choked so yeah that's it's a common refrain for me uh but you're right it, it's those learning moments and um what's interesting about the jujitsu metaphor is you know once you learn a little bit kind of be dangerous you you know what you're supposed to do um uh, maybe but you don't always do it or or you realize just a second too late like ah, like i said that was dumb uh, i know better than that i just i didn't right so that's an uh i'm sure we can deep dive on on the leadership jujitsu metaphor uh but what what I was thinking of while you were talking about, um, you know, making sure you're building leaders below you or or people that can take over for you is, um, you know, on this topic of discipleship, are are you being a good follower yourself? Um, you know, and this is these are all connected, right? If I'm if I'm not building a team below me that can take over some of these tasks and you know that I can let go, um, I'm never going to have the freedom or the bandwidth to take on some stuff from my boss or from others in the organization. Um, and, and ask for those opportunities, right? Um, you know, if, if I have an employee come to me that they're constantly tapped out, things are barely getting in by deadline, um, when they do, there's mistakes, they're, they're overburdened, um, uh, you know, they're overburdened and they shouldn't be, uh, you know, based on the tasks and the posi- and the requirements of the position because they're not being proactive, they're not planning ahead, et cetera. Um, I'm not going to give them more things. I'm not going to give them opportunities um, to lead and, and grow um, maybe as quickly as, as some others that their work's always in on time. Um, they're asking for, for opportunities because, hey, I, I have extra time today. Um, works of a high quality and quantity. Um, all those things, th- those are signals to me that this person's ready to take on more responsibility. Now, again, as a leader, if you have that other person that's struggling, it's, it's Coming on you to do some root cause analysis. You know, is this person in the wrong position? Am I giving them too much work? Did I not train them appropriately? Um, but once you've gone down all that checklist, maybe that person's just, you know, falling victim to the Peter principle. You know, we all rise to the level of our, our incompetence um, and maybe you need to back them off or find a different fit for them or, or, or whatnot. Um, but making sure that you as the leader then are, are building people um, that allow you to be that person in your boss's eyes that my work's getting in on time. It's always of a high quality. Um, I'm asking for more opportunities. I have good ideas that, that contribute to the workforce, et cetera. Um, gives the, the idea to your boss or your supervisor that, that you're ready to take on more. And then and then they should be doing that themselves. And then they move up and you move up, right? So it's this continuous cycle um, that hopefully we can build as good leaders in our organization.
0: Exactly. And while you are talking, I was reminded you know, and I was thinking about the Lance Corporal thing you talked about too. Um, the higher you go up in leadership positions, the less work, physical work you do, right? And you become more of a facilitator of work getting done. At least that's what it's been in my experience, right? That the higher up you go, the more facilitating you're going to be doing, the more planning um, and the less hands-on tactical work you do. And sometimes when you're Dealing with followers, um, especially younger employees, right? The associate levels, the entry levels, your your lance corporals, um, they haven't been in the corporate world or the working world long enough to realize that that you know, hey, as a leader, sometimes you know your job's to facilitate the work. Uh, you're not gonna. That doesn't mean that you're not going to jump in, get your hands dirty when you need to. But you know, the leader's job is to facilitate work, and the higher up you go, kind of the less hands on you do, and the more facilitation you do. Has that been your experience as well too, as as you've gone on?
1: Yeah, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Um, and it's a difficult transition um, for a lot of people to make, right? You you almost feel guilty. It's like, oh, they're there, they're they're all they're you know, just to use a silly example. Everybody's out there shoveling snow, right? And I'm inside working on paperwork and you know, uh, coordinating the next neighborhood we're going to go to to shovel snow, whatever our next stops and. Um, that they can feel guilty. I'm not out there breaking a sweat, but somebody has to do the job of that leader and make sure that the trains are running on time. Um, And, and to be strategic, right. To make sure that we're, um, we're planning ahead. We know, you know, that, Hey, I'm I'm just going to keep using this snow shoveling analogy. I don't know where it came from, but right. Hey, we got a a snow shoveling crew. um, And I know that, you know, I got 40 team members out there shoveling in this blizzard and, uh, Weather saying there's another snowstorm coming in three days. We're going to be out here again. Okay, we're probably going to break, you know, four shovels today. We're probably going to go through 140 pounds of salt. Um, you know, our, our snowblowers are going to need oil changes. Getting ready to plan for all those things so that you're ready for the next storm, right? Um, again, that's not, quote, unquote, hard work in the sense that you're out there busting the sweat and breaking your back with the team, but it's necessary work and it's important work and it's and it's why leaders and organizations tend to make a little bit more money, right? So, um, you know, the the analogy being, you know, when I worked in, you know, an industrial setting, um, you know, if you have a a high level manager that's in your plant or, you know, maybe on your snow shoveling team, right? You're not paying them to get out there and move the snow. You're paying them to get out there and make sure the snow gets moved. So if I'm looking on my cameras in, in my production plant, and I see somebody that I'm paying $75,000 a year to manage this big business, pushing a, a um, pallet jack around. It's like, okay, I have people that I pay $15 an hour to do that. You're, you're actually wasting money because you're paid <laughs> your salary to, to make sure that those boxes get to where they need to be on the right time that, and that you don't have to be out there doing those things. Um, and that's a really difficult concept for a lot of people to, to grasp. And it's a, And it's a fine line with servant leadership, right? There is a time where you need to roll up your sleeves and get out of there and get dirty and, you know, grab the shovel or move the boxes, um, sometimes to make a point, um, to show folks how it's done, um, or to show folks that you're out there with them. But if you're doing it every day, um, you're probably neglecting some other responsibility that, that you've been hired and that you're getting paid to do. So, um, it, it's a difficult thing. It's a, it's a fine line, as I said, um, but that's a skill you can you can develop and grow um, is knowing when to get your hands dirty and when to just say, yep, I know half the team out there thinks I'm in here lazy, drinking coffee, doing nothing. But you know what? People with that kind of mentality are never going to be sitting in this seat, um, at least not if they don't change the way they think. So you're in leadership position for a reason. Um, take that and take those responsibilities seriously um, and make sure your team has what they need to be successful moving forward. Otherwise, you're not doing your job. Um, you can break a sweat all you want, but that's not going to get the job done. It's not why you're there.
0: like that, break all the sweat you want. And it's, uh, like you said, it's a tough transition, right? Especially if you were very task-driven uh, before and you got promoted because you were a good tactician, it's difficult to let go of that um, and realize that your, your job now is to facilitate um, the work happening. And, uh, you know, it's a tough transition for everybody, I'd say. I think with that, that's probably a good spot to wrap. But we're going to start this new segment right now. And I just sprung this on Uh you. (laughs) Um, Give me your leadership hack here. Hold on. I'm going to get a timer going here. We we need a timer. I'm going to... uh, Let's use my phone here. Mm -hmm. One second. I need your 60-second leadership hack here i'm gonna get a clock going here your clock i'll tell you when hack on any topic do you want to see the clock any any leadership you want to see the nugget any leadership topic okay are you ready i'm ready your 60 second leadership hack. starting now
1: okay well the thing that comes to mind since i'm on the clock is managing your time right so um there's that old saying we can't manage time we can only manage ourselves within the time that we have So something I do um, that my staff is aware of, my boss is aware of, is I gobble up those white spots on my calendar like a hungry, hungry hippo. So if there is a blank spot on my calendar, I schedule deep work time in there. Not 100% of it, but at least two blocks, two hours of of deep work time, non-negotiable every single day. and that way it's on there and I have that time, especially in this virtual world. We find ourselves in meeting after meeting after meeting, and we don't actually get any of the work done. Um, so I proactively make sure I schedule in that time to get work done for me. Um, the only people that are allowed to invade that time are me, because I decided it, uh, or somebody above me in the organization. And that's my 60-second leadership hack. And I did it in 53. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got time for a commercial break in like there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no. we need like a uh, Brian to make like like a uh, what they call it. They call it a break, but there's there's a an audio sound. Oh. I can't remember. It has it has a specific name to it, you know, to cue that you're you're going to a segment or, or oh, nice, um, yeah.
1: you know switching stuff.
0: <laughs> but hey, I sprung it on you, and that is your your
1: idea. Okay, that, that do I need to put sixty still. seconds on the clock for you now? Hey, sure, why not? Right, let's see how you do it. Your own game. I'm going to count you down make it a little bit more pressure inducing one second. All right. You ready? Can you see the clock? Yep.
0: Go. So here is my leadership hack, right? And, and I learned this from one of our previous guests, Peter Margaritas. And it's this idea of when somebody's talking, it's listening to understand what's being said to you. Right. A lot of times when, we're listening to people and we're communicating with them we're not really communicating with them what we're doing is we're just waiting for them to stop speaking so that we, we can say what we were thinking right it, it's taking this idea of waiting listening to somebody as they speak and trying to understand them giving them the opportunity to speak and being understood instead of just trying to respond uh, and it's just like we said right and i brought it up on a different episode is are you going to ask a question or are you going to make a statement, right? So that is my leadership hack is when you're listening to somebody, listen to understand them and not listen to respond. Five seconds left.
1: And there goes the alarm. So
0: what do you think? Is that a winner segment?
1: I think that's pretty good. I like it. I think we should uh work on a little higher tech way than shoving our cameras in the in the computer. I've got can... I you know,
0: I literally <laughs> just thought about it now, but <laughs> on future episodes we will have uh we'll have a timer. I'll have an audio sound or something that's, that I can play. I just cool. gotta find one that's exactly a minute. Right. Um No it's good. Yeah, I like so it. that's that's your idea. So everyone be on the lookout for the the leadership pack, the 60 second leadership pack. And I think what we'll do is when we have a guest, that'll be one of the things we'll we'll do Mm -hmm. with, uh, as well as the book. But so be on the lookout, Mm -hmm. right? Do do you have any books, um, that come to mind?
1: Oh, there's always
0: for this topic. There's always,
1: you don't have to have one. I just, you know, we normally Um,
0: bring up books, but
1: yeah, I think that, um, you know, the one we talked about last time, that good strategy, bad strategy book, I, I don't, you know, just, it's still fresh in my mind. But that idea of thinking about how you think, um, so that book is almost entirely about that um, in hindsight. So, and that's really the most important thing is making sure you're not being a blind follower or just a blind disciple, um, thinking about how you think. So, um, I think there are a number of books out there that have various levels of, of um you know, crowd approval, I guess, for lack of a better term, but there's like Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Um, there is Freakonomics, which again is kind of an oldie, but a goodie. Um, mm-hmm. What was the other one? Uh, Malcolm Gladwell just wrote Talking to Strangers, I think. So, any of these books oh, that. Oh, that's a good book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any of these books that um, they might not be specifically about leadership, but if they're going to challenge the way you think about the world, um maybe a particularly ideology or or thought process that you've been using that that might only be true in your own mind um or only true at least from your own perspective Uh, any kind of book or or movie or or documentary or anything like that that expands the way you see the world um and helps you think about your own thoughts i think is is a worthwhile endeavor so um, don't be a blind disciple Discipleship isn't always bad um if you have good leaders uh but make sure you're you're thinking through why it is that you're following, uh, who or what it is that you're following.
0: <laughs> <laughs> great, great ones. Um, I, I would recommend all the same ones that you did. Um, and there was a book, I started reading it, I didn't finish it, um, but it's called The Way of the Shepherd. Mm. And it just talks to you about... Um, uh, basically, this reporter goes around talks to different CEOs about the things that, um, uh, geez, where am I? I'm lost here, man. <laughs> but about different CEOs and 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 their ways of kind of being, um, you know, different servant leaders. Mm-hmm. So I started reading it. I didn't finish the whole book, but I think it's it's a good one um, that has uh, great great, you know, ideas about the topic we sure. we discussed today. Great. With that, I guess we'll just uh, wrap it out. Uh, If you're listening to this on uh, iTunes, podcasts, Spotify, whatever, if you could just rate us, give us a review, let us know how we're doing. Uh, Good or bad review. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll take either one of them. Uh, Just just go ahead and rate us. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, if you could hit the like button. Um, and subscribe. Uh, You can hit the bell if you want to know when we release an episode. We're on season three right now. Mm -hmm. Um, We're getting ready to work on season four here soon. Got some great guests lined up. And uh, yeah, Yeah, anything else to add in closing
1: out, John? Yeah, I would just add to our listeners, if you have a a topic or um, anything you want us to cover, throw it in the comments, anywhere that Nick just mentioned. Um, We're always looking for good topics uh good books any recommendations or just your thoughts on what we've said uh again so it doesn't just have to be a thumbs up or a thumbs down we'd we love for for people to start engaging with us and really making making yourselves part of the conversation
0: yeah and uh with that thanks everyone for listening